Welcome to Grounds for Conversations. I'm Amber Noble. It's difficult to find common ground when we focus on things we disagree about. But if we take a step back, we realize that we all have things to learn. Grounds for Conversations is a podcast where we dive into a conversation about scripture, looking at the story in its entirety. This is for the believer, the questioner, the invested, and the searching. I invite you to join the conversation. Also, at the end of this podcast, stick around for an extra shot, a conversation where we discuss everything about nothing. Hey guys, welcome back to Grounds for Conversations. I'm your host, Amber Noble, and today I have a really good friend of mine, Jason Mock here. Jason, welcome. I'm hey. so glad that you came. It's good to be here. Yes. Okay. I love it. So Jason and I have had some pretty good conversations, and there's a few of them that I thought, we've got to get this on the podcast. And one of them is around the topic of the kingdom of God, Mm. salvation, which is something that I think a lot of people have different opinions of, and we all think we have the right answer, right? Yeah. I mean, but that's the church world as a whole, right? I mean, we all think we have the right answer, and and we don't always respect everybody else's thoughts about that. And so I love this conversation. Well, let's let's start with, with talking a little bit about your experience with salvation as a kid. Oh, man. man. I remember like every week in kids' church, there was always an altar call, and it was always about you want to get saved because you don't go to hell. Like, really, I remember it felt like people were just trying to scare the hell out of you instead right. of teach you just to actually love Jesus. Right. And, and that was kind of that world that I just grew up in. Every weekend at church, it felt like that, down to heaven's gates and hell's flames and all these oh, scary things that we okay. would throw out there. So I just opened a door right there for you. <laughs> So, for those go. of you who do not know what Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames are, it was a like a traveling. How, how would you put that? It was like a like traveling a, night of Halloween, is what it yes, felt like. like. <laughs> and most churches, that's hysterical. Yeah. Most churches uh, would have like three or four nights yep. of this, and they would cast people from your church congregation. And then you would come in, and some scenes you would be in hell with Satan, <laughs> and some scenes you got lucky and you made it to heaven. Yes. Um, so yeah. let me tell you a really funny thing. What our church <laughs> did at Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames, of course, uh. and um, the the sound guy, and this is back in the day when sound guys at church were just angry little men, you yes. know? And they they did, everybody sang specials on tapes. And, oh, yeah, the cassette tapes. <laughs> what are those? Yeah. Oh. And then they they also were in charge of the lights. Mm, oh, yeah, they did. So we had Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames, and there I always got cast, whether it was Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames, or any other drama at our church, they would never let me be like an angel or somebody who got to go to heaven. I what? always was the drunk girl that went to hell. <laughs> <laughs> and... There was a fluke in the moment where, like, the car crash happened mm-hmm. and the devil came in. Well, the lights went off. Well, all of a sudden, the whole room's lights came on. Satan standing there on the stage, like, <laughs> awkwardly looking at you. The dead girl's, like, alive. And it was awkward. And then they shut the lights off again real fast. <laughs> Busted. We messed the scene Yeah, up. but there were still, like, all these people that came forward for an altar call, Man. you know. And, I mean, I don't want to say that those things, um, that people's lives were not changed. Sure. Totally. Obviously. But there's still an idea... Because like you said, it was like, as a kid, do you want to go to hell? No. Well, then you better get saved right now. Yep. And tell me now, how many times do you think 
you got saved as a kid? Oh, my goodness. Uh, over a thousand times. Like, I mean, it was like I was scared <laughs> to death. Like, it was like every week in kids' church. Right. And then every Sunday in middle school and high school. And then every Sunday night because I knew what I did on Friday and Saturday night. Right. And, I mean, it was just one of those things I constantly lived in fear that, like, man, if I die tonight, I might go to hell. So I better make sure. Well, was that other phrase that, I mean, they used that at our church. All it was like, time. if you leave here today and you were to die, do you know where you would spend eternity? Yep. And that was, I mean, I was a kid still in this place of, I believe in Santa, I believe in the Easter Bunny yeah. and the Tooth Fairy. And now if what? I... you mean they're not real? You just ruined it for yeah. me. <laughs> Some moms no. in her minivan and her kids are like, what does this mean? You know, <laughs> But like in that stage, there was not ever, it was never taught about this relational God. Yeah. It was, you better turn and bur- or burn. Turn or burn, baby. Right? Like, turn or burn. It was like we were toast. Yeah. You know, just whatever. So... There's there's a, a phrase that, and I don't want to say it's just a phrase, but I'm, I'm hearing it a lot, mm-hmm. the deconstructing oh, of yeah. faith. And Let's I think that there that. is some good that's coming out of that, and I think there's some really sad that's coming out For of that sure. because there's been a lot of people hurt. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to people who are... Who are studying the word for themselves, yeah, for who sure. are diving in and seeing it for themselves, they're really getting a bigger picture of what this whole gospel message is about. Yeah, no, I would agree. In fact, if I could, I'd like to offer another phrase that I like along with it. And I think you and I talked about this. I, if you deconstruct something and you don't ever build something back, you're, you've got nothing left. And right. so, man, I, I challenge people not to just deconstruct, but reconstruct. Right. Like take the time to actually build something back and not just tear everything down and then sit there with nothing. And that's right. what I hope this conversation about salvation does is it gives, gives us something to say, Oh, like, okay, we can build something back. Like we had a bad wall there. We tore it down and we fixed it back with something better. Right. And in that, in that process of, deconstructing you don't just go in with a sledgehammer you you add support yeah so as you're processing through different maybe areas yeah everything doesn't come crumbling down for sure um and i think that it's okay to stop and go i i'm not sure about some things yep church culture for so long it was considered almost a, a dangerous thing to question. Yeah. You're not allowed to question that. Mm-hmm. You just you just have to trust. Yeah. Well, it's hard to trust in something that you don't understand. And so I think that for anybody listening, if you're like, there's a lot of things about my faith. There's a lot of things about the Bible that I'm questioning. Let us be the ones to tell you if you've not heard it. It's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Question with the understanding that you want to find answers, not yeah. just I don't understand, so I dismiss it. But if there's a question there, dive in and find that answer. For sure. Talk to people who know, right? So this is your podcast, but like, let me ask you a question. Okay. How many times growing up in church did you ever hear a pastor say, I don't know the answer to that question? I never heard a pastor say that. Never. Actually, you know, they said it, but without saying it, because when you asked the question they didn't know the answer to, you were considered um, disrespectful or it was blasphemy. Not submitting to authority. Right. Don't touch the Lord's anointed. Oh, man, all (laughs) those phrases. Touch not my anointed as the secret service (laughs) as exit us out of the side door. Yeah. And so I think that it's okay to say, I don't know. And whether you have been a follower of Jesus for a long period of time or you're you're exploring this avenue yeah. and everything in between. It's because there's a lot of things I don't feel like I know. I, I feel like every time I study, I'm like, I've read that before, but yeah. I did not see that before. Yeah. So where where is all this coming? Which shows that the word of God is alive and the Lord is constantly 
moving and mm-hmm. active and pursuing us, which knowing that we don't know, that he knows everything, there's just this overwhelming amount of grace yeah, that totally. we can we can rest in mm-hmm. going, wait a minute, that grace is for my lack of understanding, yep. right? So totally. I think it's a good place. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so let's let's dive in a little bit about salvation. Let's um, do it. What for you, let, let's first of all, let's talk about what does the Bible say about salvation? There's a lot of things. Why don't you give me, we've looked at some verses together. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give me a couple verses that, that stand out to you about salvation? I know that you had some. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, to me, salvation is always one of those things that I think is, I mean, Ephesians 2.8 is kind of that one that everybody talks about. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Right. Like, it's it's something that we've been saved, I mean, by his grace, not by anything that we do. Saved by grace through faith in Jesus. And yet we try to make it so much more. But even that word there to me is funny, because are we, are we saved? Are we being saved? Or are we going to be saved? Right. Right. So then that's, that's so confusing for so many people. And I think that we overcomplicate things, but I, I do think in order to keep from overcomplicating things, you've kind of got to put everything out on the table and say, what what does this mean? And that's what we're doing today. I love it. Romans 10, which Romans Road was the, the big thing growing up. Like we're going to mm-hmm. go through Romans. We're going to understand salvation. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory right. of God. Yep. Um, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Yeah. So there's there is a belief and there's an action that follows that. Mm-hmm. And even though scripture says we're not saved by our by our works, there is an action totally. that follows that. And I, I think that the thing that I've struggled with and help me with this, um Jason, is that we have taught so often in church and in just religious circles that salvation is a prayer said. But how many times, I I, because I know for myself growing up, how many times I said a prayer out of conviction Mm -hmm. or even condemnation. Yeah, fear. Yeah, fear. But there was no, oh, my goodness, I love Jesus. He's the real deal. I don't want to grieve him. I want to live my life for him. I believe he has a plan for me. So I'm going to turn this ship around. Mm -hmm. It was, I don't want to go to hell. Yeah. It was just running from hell. It was not running to Jesus. It was running from hell. Okay. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about, we talked about the past tense, saved Mm -hmm. and done, and the present tense. Can you share your thoughts on that a little bit? I'd love to. This is where I think people start to get nervous. Like, let's just acknowledge that because we run into the once saved, always saved. Can I lose my salvation? Like we run into all this stuff. And I just, I, where scripture leaves tension, I've just learned to be comfortable with that tension. Like that doesn't bother me. And so I think it's a good thing to feel. But I mean, are we saved? Absolutely. I think the moment that we, we ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins, that moment we choose to live for him and love him and, and turn to him and turn away. I believe we're saved. Absolutely. But what you just said there, you said three different things. Yeah. We ask Jesus to forgive us of our sin, mm-hmm. but then we turn. Turn. How many people say, forgive me of my sins because I don't want to go to hell, but it really has nothing to, there's no turning. There's yeah. no flipping around and going, I'm going to live a different way. Nope. It's like, I I got 
drunk, party too hard last night, did some things I shouldn't have done. I'm not going to mention that now. Jesus, forgive me. But Saturday night rolls around again. And so many of us have the idea of, well, I'll just ask for forgiveness. Yeah. And there's really not a heart no. change. Nope. Right? There's not. And, and to me, when there's not a heart change, I think this is where it gets so hard because I can't say... You're saved or you're not saved. Uh, I'm not the judge like Jesus is that sits on that. But I can say if there's not something going on in your heart that wants to turn away from a life that you know Jesus doesn't want you to have and start moving towards a better life that he does have for you, man, that should be a red flag inside of you. Right. Waving, saying, maybe I don't fully understand what this salvation thing is because it's not just the free ticket out of hell. Uh, It's not the Willy Wonka's golden ticket scenario. This is, this is, man, I love Jesus, and he's my Lord, and he's my Savior, and I want to do all I can to live for him and, and love him the way that he loved me. And, and those are two totally different attitudes and hearts um, Absolutely. when you come to that that place in the road. But I think that's the fork that everybody lives at. What is the action to me? I mean, the action is not so much did I raise my hand and walk down the aisle and sign a card that says I gave my life to Christ. I, while there's value in that for, for some, I think the action is, is, man, am I going to turn and live my life differently now right. because right. I've had this encounter with Jesus? Am I right. going to be different? And what's that going to look like? Yeah. I remember I remember um, it being explained to me, the whole idea of you plan this big wedding, you have this beautiful wedding, and when the honeymoon's over, looking at your spouse and saying, hey, I'll see you in a year when we celebrate our anniversary. Like, that would not fly. Mm-hmm. No. And yet we handle God that way a lot. Oh, like totally. Like, we, we have this this amazing encounter, this wedding, and then there's that honeymoon stage. And then it's like, okay, cool. So it's secure and -hmm. I'll check back in with you if I need you. Yeah. In another year, I'll come back around. Right. Next camp, next revival, next whatever. Right. Sure. I mean, that's, and you've done student ministry. You're in the middle of it. I've been there too. I always got this question. It seemed like a lot of times when it was the sex sermons that you were doing, like how far is too far, right? Right. But we kind of asked the same question, even as adults, like how far can I go living the life I want to live? before I go too far. Right. And and the funny thing is we don't approach any other healthy relationship that we have in our life that way. Right. If we were dating or married to somebody and they would ask, how badly can I treat you before I've gone too right. far and you'll leave me? Right. Or how how far can I go with someone else before it upsets our relationship? Yeah. And it's like, why would you even question that? Well, we do it with God. Yep. We do it with God all the time, and we're okay with that. And we're like, well, the world's just changed. Yeah, but God hasn't, and His Word hasn't. And the problem is, is people don't understand His Word. Nope. So let's go back to what you were talking about. Okay, so the past tense past versus tense. the present tense. Yeah. Share, you've got such good thoughts on that. Can you share that? Yeah, let's, I want to stick to the verses, too. Okay, And please, that way do. people can say, hey, like, this isn't just Jason's opinion. Yeah. Second Timothy um, verse 1, or chapter 1, verse 9, says that, uh, maybe I'll back up to 8, it says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling. There's your action for you right there. Right. Not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus. So right there it says he saved us. Who saved us? Which means it's done. 
But the, the work on the cross is finished and I'm saved. And it's not something that we have to choose to live in fear of, like, and question. And yet I see so many Christians as we have conversations, they'll come up, I mean, just scared that I don't know if I'm saved because of people that have taught that, man, that you turn or burn, go to hell, man. And if you sin one time, you're out. And so you've got to go back and earn um, that salvation yeah. all over again. Jason, that that was me. I yeah. was when I married, I was an adult married to Phil and we were in full time. I was young, full time ministry. And I remember waking him up in the middle of the night after we had just had like a youth camp Yeah, and going, I don't know that I'm going to heaven. And he was like, what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think I'm a Christian. Why? Because what if I missed something? What if I've... Because the idea of salvation was so fear-based. Yeah. I had no... I'm an adult teaching kids about the grace of God and not understanding it for myself. Yep. And terrified with a brand new baby looking at my husband going... I'm probably going to go to hell. Yeah. It's three o'clock in the morning. He's like, you just need to go to bed. Like, <laughs> you need some sleep. You, you've lost your mind. And the the idea that God was not looking for a way to keep me out of heaven, Mm-mm. but he was in pursuit of me. Yeah. And that I had this idea of he was disgusted by anything and everything where I failed. Instead yeah. of like, I see you, I understand you, I meet you where you're at, I want to work on those things mm-hmm. with you. Salvation has been paid for. It's done. Yeah. But now it is a process of a constant receiving and mm-hmm. taking in what I have for you and allowing me to refine you and change you and grow you. Like, I didn't get that. Yeah. So as an adult, right, growing sure. up in church, mm-hmm. then I'm married to this children's pastor, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to hell. And yeah. he's like, you have lost your mind. So I get what you're saying. Like, and that's I real. It is. And I think so much of it comes from that fear, though, comes from not understanding who God is. Like you said, and not understanding, people talk all the time in the Old Testament and how this God in the Old Testament seems like somebody that's so different than the God of the New Testament. But I read the Old Testament and I see so much grace and mercy and love and patience and kindness and dealing with these people for hundreds and thousands of years and yet still trying to bring them in and give them chance after chance after chance that... That for me, when you can understand like God doesn't hate you and God's not looking for a way to send you to hell, that that, that God loves you so right. much that he wanted to save you, that he was willing to send his own son down to die for us. Like, like he's not a God that's trying to find a way to get rid of you. He's a God who's trying to find a way to rescue you. Right. And when you can get those two pictures, it love, perfect love. Cast out all fear. Right. I forget where that scripture's at, but I think when we can understand the love of Christ and how perfect that love is that he has for us, the fear of, man, I don't know if I'm saved or not, goes away because we recognize how much he loves us. Not to just let us keep on sinning, but he loved us enough to save us from it and then call us to a holy life and give us his Holy Spirit to actually make us strong enough right. to turn away from all that stuff and come after him. Right. Well, the... The the whole picture of that starts in Genesis, right? Totally. I've heard so many students and adults ask me, well, if God loved us so much, why did he allow sin into the world? Well, it's God didn't bring sin in the world. We did. That's right. But God wanted a relationship with man, knowing that man had to make the choice. Mm-hmm. That tree had to be put in that garden. It wasn't outside the gate where he could see it and go, well, if I could get to that tree, yeah. I could find out what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. That choice had to be there. Can you have love without choice? 
Absolutely not. No. <laughs> no. I mean, to not be weird, but even it, in it, yeah. Castaway, that dumb little <laughs> volleyball. volleyball. What was his name? Oh, man. Wilson. Wilson, He went yes. away. <laughs> he floated <laughs> off. But no, you can't have love without nope. choice. And the idea that God gave them every plant, every tree, every fruit, every vegetable in season at that time, mm. and there was one no, and the yeah. enemy get. He does the same thing today as he did back then. Yeah. He gets us to focus on the thing we don't versus yeah. everything we do, do have. get to have. All and of that. All of, and he does it all the time and we fall for it, hook, line, and sinker. Yep. Every time. And even God in the garden, though, even in that moment once Adam and Eve sinned, it's the part of the story that I love because we still do it today. Adam and Eve did what? They hid from they hid. God. Who came after them? God. God. Right. Well, he came after them. Right. He came walking through. He came looking for them. He asked them where, like, he wasn't asking where, are like, he knew what he was yeah, saying. Yeah, he wasn't like, uh, uh, did y'all leave? Was there a vacation I yeah, didn't know about? I, I love that. I'm going to try to go back to that in that verse. Go for it. Is that when, when, G, when God came to the garden and he's walking around and he's looking for Adam and Eve. In, in chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, it says, When the cool of evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. Mm. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Yeah. Which I think about the That's fact that... That's a rhetorical that, question. Yeah, exactly. But like, as a parent, when yeah. your kids were little playing hide-and-go-seek and they yep. were horrible at sure. it, you know, they, mm-hmm. they would just close their eyes and stand behind the chair and you're like... You must get that from your mom's side or your dad's. You know, you get that from your other parent. Um, but he says, where are you? He replied, Adam replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. This is my favorite verse. Mm-hmm. Verse 11. Yeah. Who told you that you were naked? Yeah. I What I love about that is you see God not go, you idiot. Yep. You know, coming out like coming out of the gate going, yeah, you're naked, mm-hmm. you idiot. I told you not to eat of that tree. One thing I told you not to do, and yep. you do it anyway. The way we think God mm-hmm. is, God says, who told you that? Yeah. Because that's not what I created you to be. I knew what you were. Mm-hmm. But who told you you were naked? I didn't tell you that. Yeah. And the Lord God asked, have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? And then immediately they go into the blame game. Yep. Right? Sure. And there's that two woman's of them. fault, man. Yeah, Still is today. <laughs> yeah, really. And then then as they go back and forth, God could have very easily been like, okay, you two are idiots. I'm going to yep. start over. Yeah. Wipe Who's you out. Know? We'll try again. Yeah. He makes a sacrifice mm-hmm. and he gives them clothes so yep. that they don't it's have to animal. live in their nakedness. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to talk about how... He, he talks to them about, he's like, basically like, there's this is what's going to happen. Yeah. This is the result of sin. Mm-hmm. This is the result of the choices that you've made. And a long story short, he's like, you screwed up here, Adam, but I'm going to send another Adam. And he's yeah. going to redeem mankind. Mm-hmm. And then in that process, you see this whole thing where... In verse 22, chapter 3, it says, Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out and take that fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever in their sin. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden and sent Adam to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. All my life growing up, I understood that verse as God was ticked. Yeah. And he's like, look what they've done. Get Mm -hmm. them out of here. But when you read it, that's not what's happening. He said, 
we can't risk them taking from that tree of life and being stuck in this place that we never meant for them to be. So we have to take them out of the garden, not to punish them, but to protect them. Because I don't want you to spend eternity living in sin. Right. And there's not a prettier, most more beautiful picture nope. other than salvation from yeah. Jesus that you see. And that's in the very beginning of the Bible. But when you have the wrong view of God to start with and right. you choose because of whatever influences in life, you grew up in, a, in an environment where everybody told you, turn or burn, God hates you and you're going to hell. Right. It's hard to take that lens off and then see God for who he really is. And so, man, that's why I would challenge if you want to deconstruct something, deconstruct the idea that God is this angry person up in heaven waiting to destroy you and start reconstructing it around this idea of he was a God who loves you, who pursued you in the middle of your mess, in the middle of my mess, and didn't run away from me, but took the time to engage with me. I mean, he asked him questions again. Right. Who do you ask questions of? Somebody that you're trying to have a relationship with and come to understand. Well, and even as parents, why do you ask your kids questions? You know the answer. When they're little and you're teaching them something, you ask them because you know that we learn through through a process. Yep. You don't we don't just learn by instruction. We learn through the process. Yeah. And so God is giving Adam and Eve a moment to learn something that would change totally not just their life, but their relationship with him. Yep. So you said something just now when you're when you're kind of deconstructing, deconstructing. reconstructing, mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that a lot of people who have been hurt in church, confuse the church with Jesus. Totally. Even though the church is supposed to represent Jesus, Mm -hmm. the church is full of humans that are flawed. And I myself know I've hurt people before, Mm -hmm. not intentionally, but there have been, I've been hurt by a lot of other Christians Mm -hmm. and it's, it's so easy to go, you're a Christian, you should know better. You hurt me. I'm done with God. Yeah. And I don't think that's fair. Not fair at all, because it's it's so hard because the reality is we, again, because the church world has put Christians on this pedestal that we're supposed to be perfect. Right. Well, we're not, because again, if we go back to, to some of these other scriptures that we were looking at, uh, he also says that we're being saved. Right. Which, which means I'm saved. Like, it's done, but the reality of that and the action of my life is still being fleshed out, that, that I'm still going to make mistakes. The purification process. It's called, I think this is where people get hung up, and it's two churchy terms, but we are saved, but the process of that salvation getting worked out is a term they call sanctification. Right. And I think we confuse the two in these moments. And I am saved, but there is still this process where God is making me, Jesus is making me more like Him. Right. And there's things that He's taking out of my life that are not like Him, and He He's replacing them with parts of who he is and who he wants me to be. And so when we get that, there's not a church out there, no matter how much they they put on the right clothes or the mask to make themselves look like they're perfect. They're not. They're full of hurt, broken people. Right. And yet in the middle of all that, Jesus still works and saves because he's working out all that stuff out of us. Yeah. So I think, though, that as Christians— We've got to evaluate ourselves and go, if we're making other people feel less, if we're totally. making them feel like mm-hmm. their sin is yeah. worse than our sin, yeah. if we're if we're judging people who sin differently yeah. than us, I use that mm-hmm. phrase a lot. Totally. We've got to evaluate our heart. That's not them. That's us. That's us. That and- is us going, look, if I can if I can cast 
if I can cast the shadow on you yeah. in your life, mm-hmm. then what I'm not allowing God to deal with yeah. in me, I can avoid. Totally. And it's not going anywhere. No. Nope. I'm just, I'm over here hurt mm-hmm. and, and and I'm going to point out your failures. Sure, because if I point out yours, then I'm not focused on mine. And my pastor preached a message today. I thought he was so good. He said, would you like to be judged by the same way you judge other people? Wow. And if you stop and think about it, that like I don't, like no. I know, like even just like this week, the thoughts that I've had about certain people and the way I've judged them. And I thought, man, I wouldn't want somebody judging me that right. same way. And when you stop there for a minute, it's like, whoa, like I need to slow down a little bit and and help people uh, that are hurting and stuck in this sin instead of just pointing the finger at them. Because like you said, they sin differently than me. Yeah. The, the, I feel like the godliest people in the sense of when you look at the character of God, the people that I've been around that I, I feel like exhibit that character the most are the most loving, yeah, accepting, almost hippie-like. Yep. They're just like, hey, but mm-hmm. you're loved. Like we have a friend. We have a mutual friend named Pam. Oh, yeah. Pam. She doesn't, she doesn't dislike anybody. And if she does, you wouldn't know it. No, you would never. I mean, she just always loves, cares for, jumps right in. I mean, just the sweetest person in the world. I want to be like Pam when I grow up. Yeah, but she's not. She's also not afraid if you're in the wrong yeah. to get in your business and go, hey, let's yep. talk about this. Mm-hmm. I, I tease her because I feel like she has the voice of Delilah, yes. like the radio lady. Yes, come on. Delilah. Man, yeah. <laughs> that, tell you, that brings back middle school, high school memories right there. When you used to listen to the radio, that was also oh, when you had the yes. cassette tapes and Ready you hit to the record, record button <laughs> when the song goes on and then hit replay afterwards. Yes. Oh. So, but I love that she's so loving of everyone, but yeah. then she's also like, hey, so why did you ask that question yeah. that way? Because I heard a lot of hurt in your voice. Yep. And I mean, this is an exact conversation yeah, that we've had. Totally. She came to me and she's like, hey, can I ask you a question? Why did you ask the question the way you did? Yeah. You sounded really hurt. Mm-hmm. And immediately I wanted to get defensive, but because she was so loving about it, yeah. I had to acknowledge mm-hmm. that she was right, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about this. And so that is the picture of yeah. what we're supposed to be to totally. the world, mm-hmm. you know? So the as far as that salvation, the, the past tense, saved, dead. What about the present tense? Present tense, man. I, again, I'll, I'll pull a scripture out here. Philippians 2. Um, verse 12, yeah. therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, uh, not only as in my present, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation, salvation. with fear and trembling. Right. It's done. So why do I got to work it out? Because, because I'm not very, I'm not perfect. Right. We just had this conversation right? and I'm, I'm not like, I still get angry when somebody cuts me off in traffic. I, I yeah. still get hurt when somebody else hurts me and I want to lash back. Right. Um, and, and so working out this salvation doesn't mean I'm earning it. That, that's not what we're talking about, but but it means that I'm I'm becoming more like Christ, right? Like Pam, so to speak. That, that sweet spirit <laughs> sweet, that just can learn to move past the hurts and frustrations that people throw at us and learn to love them the same way Jesus did. Okay, so what what about the whole idea? You just said it. The scripture says, "Work out what your." own yeah. salvation. Your own. You know, yeah. So why do why do we have 
And for those of yeah. you who don't know Jason, he's not only a dear friend, but I respect him so much. So I'm not asking this question in jest. I'm, yeah, I'm seriously totally. asking, mm-hmm. why, do, why do you believe that we want to work out each other's salvation instead uh, of focusing yeah. on our own? I'd love to answer that question. It's because we don't like to focus on our own junk. Because we don't want to be honest about who we really are. Right. And so it's a lot easier. I mean, go back to Matthew 7, where Jesus is talking about looking at the the speck in your brother's eye when you got this plank coming out of your own eye, because it's so much easier to ignore my stuff. Yeah. I, I think that's why most people don't stop to spend any time in silence with God or spend any time reflecting what's really going on in, in their life, in my own life. Because, man, the moments I get exposed with something that I don't really like the way it looks, we just want to ignore it and pretend like it doesn't exist. Right. And so I think that's why it's so much easier to try to help everybody else out. But it, it's hard to help somebody else become healthy if you're not working on becoming healthy yourself. Yeah. You want to help other people become the, the, the best version of Jesus they can be? Work on your own junk. Right. And you become more like Jesus, and I promise you, you'll be able to help way more people out than sitting up on your high horse, right. pointing a finger at people. I mean, it, it happens in this world all the time with Christians, though, and I, I hate it. Let me just tell you now, if, if a Christian has ever sat on their high horse and made you feel like you're not good enough, I just want to apologize for them. Yeah. I, I know I don't owe you that, but I, I want you to hear yeah. I'm sorry so that somebody made you feel that way. It's because they weren't courageous enough to look inside themselves and work on their own stuff. Absolutely. And so, man, I'm sorry. I really am. I, I hate that you've had to experience that because I've experienced the same thing Yeah. and still have to wrestle through some of that stuff. But I think nobody wants to work on their own because we don't like what we see in the mirror. Right. The easiest person to deceive is the person we see in the mirror. Yeah. Well, I think that... <laughs> There's also when we when we don't work on ourselves, we miss that that grace and mercy that comes with that. Yep. And so when you find it's a good time when you see yourself mm-hmm. critical of others, when yeah. you see yourself, I, I you can't judge other people's hearts, but you can judge yourself. Yeah. And totally. when there's not a compassion, when mm-hmm. there's not mercy, when you're looking at people go and and just sizing them up. Mm-hmm. I dare to say that you haven't spent the time with the Lord that you needed to, not just that day, yeah. but you're not in a consistent journey. Totally. That, cause you're, you're, it's coming from a dry well. Yep. You know, and you can say, well, that's, you don't get the right to say that. I'm telling you about myself. Me too. I'm not like, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. I know when I'm critical. I know when I'm negative. I know when I'm judgmental. It's coming out of a place of emptiness. Yeah. And I would say too, in this moment, if, if, it's easy to point out other people's faults. I'll say this because this is me. I'm going to own this right now and say this is me. I struggle to show other people grace because at the end of the day, I can't show myself grace. Wow. Nobody nobody is harder on Jason than Jason. I promise you. Nobody holds me to a higher standard than I do. And most of the time, I mean, I've been to counseling. Let me just acknowledge that too. <laughs> and and one of the pieces of advice that he gave me is, man, you, your critical knob of yourself is turned up all the way to 10. Like you, you need to learn to dial it back a few notches. And when I've learned to get to a space where I'm willing to show myself grace and mercy, it suddenly becomes so much easier for me to do it to other people because I recognize how how it's changed my life right. that I want to share that with other people. Yeah. And so I think people that are often critical 
of a lot of other people, really, it's because they're critical of themselves and they just don't want to stop and look and admit that. And how sad. It's such a sad place to be. Yeah. Just miserable cows. Yep. Miserable cows, (laughs) dry cows that need to be sold at the sale barn because ain't calving no more. I mean, we've been in the cowboy church world. We know what we're talking about a thing or two with that. So so funny. Okay. Um, All right. So go, let's go this direction. Talking about salvation and discipleship. Mm. Like, um, what comes, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? You know, when you look at the story of Jesus and the disciples, they were discipled for three years. Yeah. Before salvation ever took place. Mm-hmm. So now Jesus has come, he's died, he's resurrected, he sent the Holy Spirit, and here we are. What comes first for yeah. us? What would you say, discipleship or salvation? Hmm, that's a great question. Oh, man. I I think ooh, I'm, I'm probably going to throw you a curveball. I, I think it's both. Okay. Because like simultaneously, I, simultaneously, because I think we use these words to understand ideas, yeah, um, that we're trying to explain. I think that's true. It, I think that and, when we don't know how to explain this this thought process that's outside of our thought process, yep. we have to give a word to it. Totally, because what Jesus didn't say actually is he didn't say go into all the world and get people saved. No, he didn't. It, it, Matthew said go into all the world and make. Disciples. disciples. And and so I think that's where we've got to understand that. And is salvation part of that process? Absolutely. But the discipleship is a process that starts at salvation and carries on until the day we go to heaven. Right. I, I, I mean, I don't, it just, that work never stops. I, I tell people that all the time when we talk about salvation and, and they want to pray and ask the Lord to forgive them and, and start to unpack some of this stuff and start loving Jesus and going the way. I tell them, man, this isn't the finish line, it's the start line. Right. Because that's what discipleship is. It was Jesus spending these three years with them, walking with them, right. and showing them. And I think that's what he's called us to do, not get somebody to raise their hand and come down and sign a card and then forget about them, right. but to help them unpack their mess because right. they've been through a divorce and they've got all this hurt in their life or they grew up in a broken home and they keep repeating the cycles because nobody's walked with them right. to show them a healthy and better way of living. That's what discipleship is to me. Yeah. So I, I want to go ahead and clarify. You're not saying, though, that person ha- a person has to continue to get saved. No, no, I'm not. Not at all. You're, you're, it is a salvation starts and then it's an unpack. Like you said, like, think about this. If God dealt with all your junk in one fell swoop, you couldn't handle it. No. I mean, I couldn't. Maybe hey. I've had enough junk in my life that yeah. I feel like the Lord, not to reference Shrek, but yeah. we're layers. And <laughs> he peels yes. back one of those layers. I love Shrek. And when, he, when we deal with that, yeah. then it's like, okay, now that we've got that dealt with, we got another layer. And I feel like there's seasons that... My goodness, there's a lot of layers there. Yeah. And then there's seasons where it's like, okay, this has been good. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like because we're in a, in a constantly revolving world yeah. and we're constantly around other people who are also evolving and hurting and dealing, yeah, we have opportunity to have to fall into slumps, yep. not to lose our salvation. No. But to fall into these places of apathetic yeah. living. Mm-hmm. Um now I do believe that there are it's it's fair to say that and correct me if you disagree. I mean that's the beautiful part about this conversation yeah. that salvation is not a prayer said. Nope. It's a change of a heart that it's it's not about your heads close your eyes Jesus will give you a big surprise boom. and boom he's in your heart. Where did that come from? <laughs> oh, was that indigestion? Oh, that was a lord, you know. It's it's 
this idea of shifting and turning away. And I've, I've sat in, in lectures and listened to people debate. Yeah. I mean, theologians, sure. like these people have their doctorate debate, once saved, always saved, or can you lose your salvation? And maybe it's my simple brain. Yeah. I can lose my car keys. I yeah. do often. Um, but so, to lose something means you misplace it. Yep. But I can walk away from a relationship. Yes. I could turn my back and yep. say, I don't want any part of this. Yes. And that means we are capable of turning our back on God. Now, do we sin? We sin every day. All the time. That doesn't that doesn't separate us from God. No. It's it is the it is the choosing to say, I don't want relationship yeah. with you. I'm choosing to not be in relationship with you. That hurts. God. Totally. It hurts us. His love doesn't change. His salvation is still there. He's yeah. there for us. He's in pursuit of us. But I I believe that both of those things are wrong. Yeah. I agree. I don't believe once always once saved, always saved. I also don't believe that can, you can lose your salvation. And yeah. I, I want to clarify um to anyone listening, I'm still trying to figure this out. Yeah. And I think that we have this idea we have to die on that hill. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, I when you look at your relationship with God like you would any other, like you said earlier, yeah. healthy relationship, it is a process that you're constantly working on. Mm-hmm. Like I'm married to Phil yeah. and our marriage started, but we're still, we've been married, you know, 20 plus years, we're 23 years, sure. and we're still learning things about yeah. each other because it's still a a process. Mm-hmm. And I just believe that we complicate things with God yeah. when we we forget that it's always been about relationship and not about heaven or hell. Always. You I know? mean, and to me, the perfect story of this and the perfect example, because when we talk about what salvation is, like it to me is the thief on the cross. Like there's that story that most of us read past really quickly, and I don't think we stop to think about the implications of it in today's modern world. Right. Um, the thief did not pray the sinner's prayer. Right. Um, the, he didn't get baptized. They didn't, didn't pull him down and dunk him and then throw him back up and there. He didn't um, get a chance to undo all of the mistakes that he had made, the sins that he had committed as he right. was dying there. Um Remember me this day. I mean, like it was just this this honest, raw confession from a guy um, to Jesus, and and he said, "This day with me, you'll be in paradise." Like, right. like it's to me. We've got to remember in that moment that salvation is it's it's not just this hand going up. It's not just repeating these words. Right. It's not just signing a card and having a church officially send you this nice, pretty uh, letter that a pastor signed and said, "Welcome uh, to the family." It, it is. It Not is, that there's anything wrong no, with those things. Those are all things that even our church does. Like we right. go through, and I mean, I've written notes to and people that have gotten saved. Total in that, value, but that's the start. It's the start, right. and and what started that was not the piece of paper or just saying the prayer. It was that change of heart mm-hmm. um, that happened in the thief, and it happens in you and I when I don't want to keep living the way that I was, mm-hmm. and I realize that way is nothing that is ever going to satisfy me. So I want to go your way, Jesus. I choose your kingdom <laughs> instead of building my kingdom is essentially what the thief was saying. And so, I mean, that's why I think we have to be really careful about wanting to sit in the seat of judge. Again, uh, right. that's Jesus's job to say when somebody gets saved, because, man, I think somebody that raises their hand that maybe never comes down and fills out that card, are they saved? 
I think so. Right. Because I think by that hand going up, that was the their expression of right. faith between them and Jesus that this is what I want to do. But what about a person that doesn't raise their hand, but in the car ride home, they're convicted and they're like, yeah. I need to get my life right. Sure. Are they saved? To- yeah. No, I, I mean, agree. that's exactly. I yeah. don't think that there's this formality. And I also think that the, the church as a whole has really kind of polluted the we beauty have. and the innocence of a relationship with, with Christ. Yep. I mean, to me, I can think of the best story that I experienced personally is uh, there was a man I went to visit in the hospital in his deathbed, uh, couldn't open his eyes, couldn't talk to me, uh, not living for Jesus at all, his entire life. His wife came to our church. She wanted me to go in and visit with him and pray with him. And I had this moment where um, as I was just in there talking to him, I felt like the the Spirit was just talking to me about asking him if he wanted to give his life to Christ. And I knew he couldn't answer me, um, but I asked him if he wanted to. And uh, I felt him squeeze my hand, and I saw tears start running down his cheek. Wow. And so I just prayed with him. I said, I know you can't repeat it. I'm just going to pray this. And and as we were praying together, he held onto my hand. Tears just started flowing down his cheeks. Never wow. said a word. Wow. Couldn't repeat that sinner's prayer. But you could tell in that moment that there was something happening in this this person that was so hard that, man, I think I'm going to see that guy one day right. when I get to heaven. And wow. he never got to repeat those words, but I, I just believe in that moment. It was kind of like that thief in the cross moment. Right. That that he had a change of heart. And that's how much God loves us. That yeah, he would wait absolutely. even to the last moment, to to the last breath to continue to pursue us with an opportunity to spend eternity with him. The saddest thing to me about that story is there are people that will hear that and they will want they will get so angry yeah. because it does not line up with their sure. doctrine. Yeah. And how sad. Totally. Because we miss out. Yeah. On this revelation of a God who put on skin yeah. and and dumbed himself down mm-hmm. so that we could understand him. Yeah. And he's in pursuit of us. Totally. He's pursuing you. He's pursuing me. And he wants a relationship with you. And like I thank you for your apology, but like how beautiful. Yeah. To know that there have been a lot of people that have poorly rep- represented Jesus. Mm-hmm. But don't let that be the end. No. Like there who he is and his his mercy and his grace and his love. When you look through the gospels at the stories of how he met the woman, the first evangelist was a woman and he met her at the yeah. well in the middle of the day. And I mean, he didn't he didn't avoid the Mm-mm. the conversation. He was like, actually you have this many husbands. <laughs> and you're living you know? with a dude now while yeah, we're at let it. me just tell you what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And then he told her, Go tell everybody what's yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. To, he didn't look for the perfect. No. Nope. He looked for the person that needed him. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, we all do. We all do. And he meets us in that moment. Yeah. There there was, Phil and I were at a conference um, like 2012. And it was when the phrase missional was really hot and heavy. Yeah. People, people sure. were like, ooh, mm-hmm. that's the that's the the word. Um, so we're at this conference, this missions conference, and this guy we had like 15 people we were listening to this weekend, yeah. this particular weekend. But this one guy said, asked this question. He said, if you were to die right now and you were to go to heaven 
And it was everything that you could ever imagine. It was the streets of gold, the pearly gates, colors you've never Mm, seen, smells that you've never smelled. And there was only happy people. No one was sick. And there were all your loved ones. And everything was as you imagined. But Jesus wasn't there. Would you want to stay? And this congregation of pastors and missionaries I mean, a couple thousand people yeah. dead silent. Mm-hmm. And he said, right now, all of you know in your head that your answer <laughs> should be no. But the problem is the Western world theology has trained people that we are saved to heaven yeah. and not to, to Jesus. Jesus. And he said, I want to challenge your theology mm-hmm. that if you are teaching heaven and not teaching Jesus, yeah. you're setting up a lot of people for hurt. Because when they encounter the things of the world that aren't the pretty picture, they feel like Jesus failed them and they never were really for him. They were for what he was, yeah. what he had, the, the attributes of him, like the heaven mm-hmm. and health yep. and wealth and those things. Yeah. And it, I can't tell you anything else he said. Yeah. We what didn't, a heart check, man. Dude, we went back to our hotel room. And you know how you have those little, you get those little bags full yeah. of all the goodies. Mm-hmm. We dumped this stuff on the bed and we stayed up all night talking about that yeah. phrase. Mm-hmm. And I just, it messed with me. Yeah. It's all these years later, mm-hmm. 10 years later, it's still messing with me. Yeah. Because... That has been the philosophy for so many churches here in in the Western world, you know, that North America gospel. And the reality is, man, it's not just about getting to heaven. Heaven is a fantastic byproduct. Don't get me wrong. I'm stoked about it, right? But But what makes heaven so great? Jesus. Jesus is there. And what does the Bible say? On earth as it is is in heaven. heaven. He's with us now. And Mm -hmm. so we can be going through all of these hardships, um, pandemics, sickness, uh, this suicide Mm -hmm. epidemic we have going on, and this this drug um, overrun mentality in our schools where these kids are just dying. I mean, all this stuff that's going on and you can't help, like you turn on the news and there's been another shooting and it's like, man, God, when are you going to come back? Yeah. And I just really feel like he's like, I'm with you. Yep. That's what he promised. I'm with you Mm -hmm. always, even until the ends of the age. Right. Totally. And so that is such a, I don't know, like that is something that's kind of wrecked me a yeah. little bit. A and lot. I think it needs <laughs> to wreck us because, and, and I wanted to really, I feel like this kind of takes the circle all the way back to how we started this conversation because we said we wanted to talk about the kingdom of God and salvation. Yeah. And, and for me, I feel like it's because we've not been saved to heaven. We've been saved from the kingdom of this world to the kingdom of God. Yeah. I mean, Jesus spent three chapters, the Sermon on the Mount, right. unpacking this idea of what the kingdom of God looks like. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I mean, you, you quoted it, uh, your will be done, 
your kingdom come, Jesus' words, right. your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That, that the idea was not that we're saved to heaven to this future moment, but this idea that, that we have actually been saved to the kingdom of God and will experience it one day in the fullness in the future. But he's actually invited us to start living in the kingdom of God now. Right. And, and that salvation process and getting worked out through us, like we've talked about, is how we begin to live the kingdom of God right now. And we can see the byproduct of that in our lives every day. Yeah. Every I mean, day. you can see it in so many ways. I, I mean, anything good that you see in me is not because of Jason. It's because of Jesus. That's right. Like people look and like, oh, man, I love this about you. You're so whatever. You're so patient. Or you're so... I, listen, all of those things live inside of me, not because Jason is that way. They live inside of me because Jesus has done something in my life and I love him and I want my life uh, to be more like him yeah. so that other people can experience that. Why? Because that's his kingdom of God at work in me now. I mean, I could tell you all kinds of stories. You could too. I could tell you stories about being healed. Why? Because that is the power of God that he wants us to experience right now, not just one day in the future. And so salvation to me is is not being saved to this streets of gold in a mansion. Right. Um, that Boy, that was like the picture that everybody right. painted for me growing up. It, it's being saved to Jesus and the reality that that has for my life right now yeah. and how his kingdom wants to invade earth right now and, and make it like it's going to be one day when we get there. And if we lived, if we lived today like we're supposed to live today, that regardless of what's happening around us, but man, I am fully walking in the presence of God. Think about how you would enter the grocery store. Think about how you would enter the school. Think yeah. about how you would enter your office, your workplace, just society. Mm-hmm. How you would look at people. You would you would walk into places like the mall yeah. or a bookstore or mm-hmm. whatever, and you would you would start looking at people as souls, not yeah. as in your way, yeah, not as. They're weird. They're sure. this. They identify as this, and I don't yeah. agree with that. You stop looking at what you think is broken, and you mm-hmm. start looking at them through the lens of the blood of Jesus, yeah. and our response comes like his does in Genesis when he says, who told you that? Yeah. That person's broken. That person's, they're, they're living this alternative lifestyle. They're this, they're this. Man, who told you that that's yeah. what they are? Because that's mm-hmm. not what I made them be. Yeah. This is this is this is a result of a fallen world and unfortunately the church and we we've just not done a great job nope. of wrapping our arms yeah. around people that are hurting mm-hmm. um the the people that Jesus called us to yeah. the sermon on the mount who who was the crowd he yeah. was talking to <laughs> they were not the the people that you want joining your churches no uh uh-uh. they were not the we ones say they were... are but they're not let's <laughs> no. be honest uh-uh. they no. were all all the people that were there were there because they were hungry they were lepers they were sick hurting broken yes and you had the disciples the 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 ones that nobody else wanted the disciples were all pretty much rejects yes. i mean let's be honest they did not make the cut because if Absolutely. they had they would have been pharisees and sadducees they would have right. been the rabbis in training that when they reached an age, they didn't make the cut um, religiously that they had to make. Yeah. And and yet Jesus picked everybody basically that didn't make the cut and said, you're on my team. <laughs> and he starts off his the teaching of what ministry looks like to the broken and the hurting of the yep. world. And he's saying, I think you can do what I do. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. you can. And like, he still does that. Totally. So he meets us in our brokenness. 
He totally meets us there. He saved us. We accept that. And then he's called us into this mm-hmm. life with him. Life with him. That he's called us in this moment to, to walk with him. And what that means is life with him is, is not just the good moments where we sit down and pray and read our Bible and get it all right, but life with him in the moments when we screw up and, and we get wasted or, or we sleep with somebody that we shouldn't or we get angry and blow our top again. Or life with us is all of those moments where we fail Right. And and man, this this would be my challenge if you're sitting out there and you're thinking, man, I, I've tried, but I've just made too many mistakes. The 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 thing that I've learned uh, makes the difference for for people who are really running after Jesus. Uh, they're not perfect. It's just that when they fall down, they get back up and they go back after him. Mm-hmm. And and because man, you're gonna fall down. I mean, you're gonna make a mistake. You're gonna sin. I mean, it's coming. It's guaranteed. Um, but the problem is not what am I going to do, um, and turning away in that moment. The pro- problem in that moment is, am I going to get back up and run after Jesus? Mm-hmm. And am I going to acknowledge it? Because He's not waiting there to point a finger at you and judge you. He's waiting there. I think with His hand out. Like if you could picture this in this moment, I just I think of a moment where my kids trip and fail. And, and they've skinned up their knees and they're sitting there on the ground. And I didn't look back and say, man, you idiot. What were you thinking? <laughs> no, what did I do? They're crying. I stuck my hand out waiting to scoop them up. Right. Clean up their mess. Right. And, and take them forward yeah. to, to whatever we were headed towards in spite of all that. And, and that's the Jesus that I know. Right. That's the Jesus that saves me. When I'm down there on the ground broken, but also sticks his hand out and waits every other time I trip and fall. Right. And says, hey, put your put your hand in mine and, and let's keep going. Like right. I, I'm my blood's good enough. My my sacrifice was good enough to cover up that mistake. And right. Let's keep going. And any of the ones that are around the and corner. And any of the ones that are coming. Because if he died for us, let's be honest, this is the part that's gonna mess with some people and probably make them mad too. Uh, if it does, you can send me an email at Jason at I don't give a rip.com. I'll get around to it eventually <laughs> and, and respond to it for you. Um is is when he died for us. I'm Typing that email right now. <laughs> <laughs> when he when he died for us, let's just be honest. He died before you ever sinned, right? Which means that any other sin you commit at this point, if you have entered into a relationship with him again, it's not this free pass to keep living in sin. But he's already died for that sin right. and paid the price. The penalty is paid in full. The check has already been deposited and cashed, and the payment has been made. And are we going to make a mistake again? Yeah, but we get back up again. Why? Because the payment he made is more than enough to cover up every other mistake and sin we're going to make in this life. Do you know, my grandpa told me one time, and it was like, yeah, wow. He said, hell is full of people that Jesus loves. Yep. And he said, not loved, Yeah. loves. Mm Mm-hmm. They just didn't accept the gift yeah. that was given. And I didn't like that yeah. at first. I was like, well, hold on. And he's like, no, Amber, like his love is mm-hmm. is it's constant. It's forever. It's, you know, without, yeah. there's no return. It's, mm-hmm. it's just constant. But yet we have to choose. Yeah. And to know that that love was available and then it was not accepted. Mm-hmm. But the gift was there. The it was there. And it was not accepted. Picture a Christmas present sitting there, birthday present, your name's on it, man. 
It's the box. It's it's the thing that all your imagination could <laughs> could think about, man, what could be in there and and who just leaves that on the counter and walks away from it. Dude, I'll open my gifts and yours. <laughs> like I love gifts so much. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll open them all. Like that's that's crazy. Yeah. So and then to leave that on the table, man, that's that's why that's so heartbreaking. I mean, don't live in fear. Yeah. That's the one thing I know that fear doesn't come from Jesus. He's not called us to live in fear. Uh, and if you've given your life to him um, and your desire in your heart is to not keep living in sin, but to want to move closer to Jesus and, and develop an even stronger relationship with him, then, man, live with a sense of peace to know that you are saved. Yeah. And you are being saved. Yeah. Um, and and this process of working out our sa- salvation with fear and trembling um, is the process that we're going to live until the day we die. Right. And, and and then we're going to live in the fullness of that salvation once we cross the other side. Uh, yeah. And and find peace in that uh, because there's peace there to be found because that's where Jesus is. And I'm going to take it a step further. Find community. Definitely. Find people that are are pursuing the same thing. And I. I know this may sound a little harsh, and it's okay. Um, she has an email to Amber. I don't give a rip. dot com. You yeah. can send it there. It's actually dot org. Dot org. I mean, like whatever. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> if if you are in a place where you're in a Bible study or a church that is not supporting the truth yeah. of the gospel, mm-hmm. there are other churches. There are. There are other Bible studies. There are commu- fine community. Yeah. And by all means, don't let your theology solely lie on the shoulders of your pastor on a yeah. Sunday morning. That's right. Get into the Word. Get into – you know, I tell people all the time, they're like, I don't even know where to start. There are on the Bible app free daily Bible studies that will walk you through yep. if you're if you're dealing with – Grief, if you're dealing with depression, if you want to learn the Bible in this period of time, it, it's a great place to start. Yeah. And and jump into the Gospels, read it. And I know a lot of people have a different opinions about it, but believe it or not, I, I watched The Chosen. Mm-hmm. And that first season yeah. was so – it. I'm such a visual person anyway mm-hmm. that giving you a visual of what the nature of Jesus and yeah. that storyline of the Gospels, like, I just – I would just start, if you have questions, ask them. Please. And ask them until you find somebody who can help you, but also don't take everyone's word as the gospel. Yeah. Dive in. Validate it with scripture. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to challenge what you're hearing. Yeah. And and then also trust the, that the Holy Spirit's there. And yeah. He's guiding you and He's leading you. And I think... This is a fantastic journey we all get to make. Yeah. And that would be, man, my only other encouragement on top of that, I think that's great, is is don't be afraid to be in a space where people challenge you as yes. well. If you show up to a church where somebody is always teaching everything you agree with, um, I, I would challenge whether you're really getting the whole truth. <laughs> right. I mean, for me, yeah, because like, there are moments, man, I read scripture and I'm like, whoa, I don't know how much I really like that. Like, are you sure? Right. Um, and so, I, man, find somebody that and find a place and a group of people that will love you and come alongside you. But that love is is also should be a love that challenges you 
that you're willing to let somebody speak into those moments and mm-hmm. those uncomfortable spaces. And kind of yeah. like Pam said yeah. to you, right? Hey, why did you say it that way? Because it sounded like some hurts coming through. Right. Why do you think it this way? Because right. it seems like there's something else really going on. Find those kind of people in your life and uh, you'll be better for it. Well, it stretches you. It grows you. Iron sharpens iron is not yeah. a comfortable thing. Nope. And, you know, but it's 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 going to force us to be who we're supposed to be. You know, totally. and then be that for somebody else. My goodness. Disciple. Disciple. Make disciples. Make disciples. Which means you bring somebody along with you. When Absolutely. you start learning something, start telling somebody start else about what you're learning. people around When you, you start praying, start praying with other people. Yes. When you start, I mean, text somebody and say, how can I pray for you today? Or when you hear something going on and, or somebody stops you. Here's my favorite that I come to love. When somebody stops you and says, hey, will you remember me when you pray? I, uh, my mom is sick. You know what I do? I don't just... St- I stop in that moment and say, oh, I'll remember them, but let's pray right now. Right. What's your mom's name? And let's pray right now. And, and, and I mean, that, that's what discipleship is. It's, yeah. hey, I'm going to the hospital. You want to come with me to see this person? Or I'm taking a meal to my neighbors who just had a kid, and I just want to make sure they've got something to eat and don't have to worry about that tonight. Uh, come with me. Make a meal with me. Go do that. And there's so many opportunities to to be a disciple. Don't just get saved and wait for Willy Wonka's golden ticket to punch out. <laughs> Um, because that's not salvation. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out at you. It's not a golden ticket to hold on to so you get to heaven. It's actually a ticket to be lived out the rest of your life and, and bring other people on that journey. Yeah, that's so good. And then if we're waking up every day realizing we're here, it's not just a suck air. Yeah. Looking for opportunity for God to use you, man. If you're looking, you'll find it. Yep. You'll find it. So You find what you're looking for every that's time. That's right. Every time. <laughs> Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. And I can't wait. We're going to do this some more. We should. I love it. I, I have fun with these kind of conversations. I thank you too. for letting me be a part, man. Absolutely. So much fun. And so for those of you listening, thank you again. And we'll catch you next time. Stay tuned for our extra shot. I'm Amber Noble, and you've been listening to Grounds for Conversations. To ensure you don't miss our next podcast, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to hang around for an extra shot. Welcome back to an extra shot again. We have our friend Jason Mock with friend, us. Moving up in the world. Friend. Okay. On. So this is your first extra shot to do yes, with me. Yes, it is. So um, we're going to start off with something really simple. I know you have a lot of opinions about it. I do. Are you ready? I'm ready. Grocery store etiquette. Grocery store. Oh, man. We before, could write a book. Yes. But before you get started, let me go ahead and say, please, listeners, relax. If something upsets you, (laughs) stop, breathe, and ask yourself, is it worth getting upset over? (laughs) Well, not meant to offend anybody, but let's let's talk. Grocery store etiquette. I believe that there are some things in life that if we handled it properly, life would be easier. Oh, man. The grocery store is one of them. Oh, totally. So go ahead and start. What are some things, grocery store etiquette, that you feel like need to be addressed? Oh, man. So much low-hanging fruit. Uh, Let's start with the fact (laughs) of... How about when you get a phone call inside of the grocery store, do not, 
do not turn it on speakerphone and let everybody and their brother in the aisle with you hear about your mom's hangnail that she's got or ingrown toenail that she's got right. going on as we're trying to grocery shop and do our thing and have right. to listen to your conversation. It's it's just not necessary. Like nobody wants to hear that, man. <laughs> well, if you're gonna if you're going to put it on speaker be prepared for me to engage oh, with you and the person on the other side of the phone. I'm telling you, I love, I accept that challenge. I will get challenge. involved. The next time I walk by somebody in a speakerphone conversation, I'm coming right up behind them and joining them in the conversation. Absolutely. Much Absolutely. to my wife's embarrassment, which will be yes. another grocery store etiquette conversation for later. <laughs> okay. Grocery store etiquette. Hmm. What about, this is a big one for me, um, when I'm in the produce section and I'm going to grab like zucchini or whatever they need to have a little thing a little timer that tells you when they're going to spray yes every time how many I, free baths have you gotten because a of bunch. that and i'm like i feel like that they're watching me you've got some angry little man back yes. there it's like there she is and i have naturally curly hair that cannot be misted in this humidity <laughs> of houston is great yeah so that's one let's fix so, that so how if we were going to fix that is it a timer absolutely like uh, just a clock that constantly yeah. flat. Like what if you're in the wrong section? Like what if instead we have all the lights go off and you know when the lights go off? No, it's I, the night that the lights uh, went out in Georgia. I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I think that there's just like a clock that's like yes. five, four. Oh. You just know to step back because yes, they only missed away. it for a few seconds. Yep. You just step back. If you're like, look, I don't care about getting wet. Go for it. I, do your thing. If but, your kid hasn't had a bath, stick him under there for a second. Let him get sprayed no, on. that bad, that <laughs> stinky kid juice all over my corn. No, thank you. No, thank you. Okay. Oh, give me one. Grocery store etiquette. If you need, and that's a big if, because this is a whole nother one to address. <laughs> if you need one of those carts to roll around in the grocery store, like it is a true need that you have. What are you talking about? Like a grocery cart? Like, like a buggy? The, the ones you ride. The <gasps> motorized carts the motorized that they borrow cart. from the grocery yes. stores to like drive. For people who've had like ankle surgery yes, or whatever. Totally. Like I get that there are some people who legitimately need those Absolutely, to ride around are. in. And yeah. if there's a legitimate need for that. By all means, use it. By all means, use it. But, but. Do not drive down the middle of the aisle in that. Like, treat the aisle in a grocery store just like you do. There is a right-hand lane and a left-hand lane. But that's the problem. They drive those things like they drive on the road. Oh, totally. Totally drive right down the middle of everything, dodging, weaving, bobbing. And I mean, (laughs) it's it's like, come on, pick a lane and get out of the way so that other people can keep going. Just think. For just a second about people around you in the grocery store. Absolutely. And if you're in that cart and it's because you're lazy. Oh, Uh uh-oh. There's Uh a a difference between I don't want to walk Mm. and I can't walk. My wife blew her ACL. That was a legitimate need. Right. She could not walk. I'm 400 pounds overweight. Oh. You probably just need to go over to where they're spraying the produce, right? stay right there. Like, don't. There's. Stop. Stop. Care Help more yourself. for yourself. Help yourself. Yes. Come yes. On. So that's one. That's my grocery okay. store etiquette. What about what about just if you're on foot with a cart? There's a way to go up and down the rows. Easily. There is a way. There is. And still do it in a way that respects the other person coming from the yes. other direction in the grocery yes. store with you. And if completely. you're in a hurry, yeah. you should have thought about that. Yeah. When you come in and you're trying to race and you think you're the only one buying stuff yeah. and you're running people out of the way. Yeah. That's not our fault. No, it's not. It's not at all. 
And in fact, when you get that close to me and you're in a hurry, I may slow down. <laughs> and I may start breaking some of my own grocery rule etiquette and start swerving around so you can't get by me. Okay, so it was it was um, Thanksgiving that I was. It wasn't even Thanksgiving Day. I had all my groceries. Yeah. I was missing. It wasn't Thanksgiving. It was Christmas because y'all came over. <laughs> oh, even better. Yeah. So we, I'm responsible no, for this story. No, you're not. There oh, was okay. like Woo. two items that I needed. I think I needed some extra butter and something else. Yeah. Had all my stuff. Was good to go. I was not in a hurry. Mm. So I did not feel the pressure that some of the other people in there felt mm-hmm. that were like, oh, gosh, I'm having Christmas yeah. lunch at my house. I've not got anything. Um, I Whether I go into the store for one item or I go in the store for a million, I always get a cart. Yeah. I don't know why. It's a security thing for me. I'm sure. ready at all times. I've got this cart. I'm walking through, and I'm I'm coming one way, and there's a, a, a really tall man coming another way. And we both cool. Hey, this mm-hmm. is great. We're both going to go down the same aisle. Well, this lady comes flying around him, and she goes, oh, move. Oh, man. And – let me tell you, the man that she did this to, he was probably <laughs> six eight, six oh, nine. Gosh. Like this wasn't some he there was not a you small guy. And he looked at her mm. and then he looked at me and I just thought, somebody's about to die, and I'm glad it's not me. <laughs> and we just started laughing. Well, she was pushing people out of the way. Fast forward to the front, get my stuff. I'm walking outside. Well, she had purchased um a case of Several cases of yeah. soda. Mm. Um, I can't believe I just said soda. soda. I sound like you. Soda pop. Soda. soda pop. Several cases of Coke. And um, <laughs> actually, it was the Coke Zero mm-hmm. that dropped. And uh, okay, so there's this little cart guy out there uh-huh. that hates his life. Yeah. It's obvious. Why does every cart guy look like that in the grocery store? Well, because of people like this. Oh, come on. So she drops this Coke Zero and it explodes, but it explodes in the box. Mm. She's trying to put it in her car. And I see this, but I just come out the door and I'm like, you know what? I'm having to walk past her. I'm going to take it very slow. She pushed several people, including an elderly lady, out of the way. So she's trying to... And so this cart boy comes up. He's like, what do I do? She's like, help me. And it's spraying her in the face. (laughs) The back of her expedition is open and it's spraying the back. Every can in that case Uh, busted. Yeah. So it was all spraying. Mm. She's drenched. The the it's top better of than her the fireworks tent catching on yes, fire, man. Yes, and so finally I get up to where she's at, and she looks at me, and I just smiled, and I said, "Have a great day, Merry Christmas." <laughs> and she looked at me like I hate you, and I'm thinking, "Well, you shouldn't have run everybody over in the Come grocery on, store." Dang. So mm. you know, I don't believe in go. karma, but that but was you that reap was, what you sow. That I do believe. Go. There you go. Okay. Grocery store etiquette. Grocery store etiquette. If you meet a friend in the grocery store that you would like to converse <laughs> with, a lot of this is built around conversations and a lack of just respect for the other right. people in the Which store. I love people. See, go have a conversation. I'm yes. fine with it. Yes. I don't mind it at all. You run into a friend at the grocery store, man, sit and talk to him for an hour if you want to. I think that's cool. Do not block the aisle. That I need to get to. Do not block the box of chips that I've been standing there for five minutes (laughs) to get my hands on. But the four of you are standing in front of the whole thing. With your kids flipping out. With your kids flipping out, (laughs) eating some of those chicken wings that you grabbed off the line up there that you haven't paid for yet in the tub. I mean, sorry. Some of this is a little personal. Okay, so let me ask you a question. You're from the Midwest. Yep. And my husband's from the Midwest. Mm -hmm. He's from Ohio. I consider that north, but it's considered Midwest. 
So what I've learned from people that are from your part of the world, it's not that you're rude in the grocery nope. stores, you're reserved. Come on. And you get down south. Was that a culture shock for you coming down here the first, when you first moved oh. to the south where people oh, just, strangers would talk to you? What are you buying total, there? Total, total culture shock to me. I had a dude today that I don't even know start talking to me about brisket that he was going to make in a smoker. His son sold him. And then he pulls out his cell phone and says, here, take a look at the picture of the smoker that I got. I mean, and then I was just like, okay, we're, we're having this conversation in the I middle love, of Kroger. But that's me, Jason. That's yeah. me. I talk to everybody. And I think that everybody wants to be my friend. They do. But I've li- they don't. I've learned that. <laughs> but I've lived in the South my whole life. And so I just thought, well, that's the way it is. Yep. This is the way it we do things. It's definitely not. Well, it is. Is here. <laughs> it is here. Yes, I have learned that out. Yes. So move mm-hmm. your conversation. Move I agree. It. Move. Just move it off to the side. That's all I have. Move it off to the side. And if you see somebody standing there while you're having a conversation, <laughs> they're probably not eavesdropping. They probably need that peanut butter off the shelf behind you. Just saying. Well, um, he's basically talking to me and any of my friends. Okay. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna push a button on you. Come on, push. Lines that are for 15 items or less. Oh my goodness. I. Literally, today, I had this exact experience. (laughs) I counted 26 items in a 15-item line, and this woman in front of me went through it. All because I think 12 of those things were 12 bottles of wine that she had in one bag that she thought, if I give it to you one time and you hit the time 12, that must only count as one item in her bag. It's a lot of wine. It's a lot of wine. Somebody was, 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 I don't know, about a lot of communion or something (laughs) like that tonight. I mean... <laughs> ah, okay, uh, so that that sets you off, though, oh, doesn't dude, it? Dude, trips. Like I confess, <laughs> like I'm a very black and white guy as it is. Like, and so, man, if if it says 15, man, you better dang sure have 15 items, not okay. 16, not 18, not not 15 and a half. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to play the devil's advocate for Come a minute on. here because if I'm in a grocery store and there's 37 lanes, yep. None of them are open I because agree. they're self-check, yep. but then the 115, but the line is through the back the of the store, yep. and I have a few more items than 15. Yes. You should have somebody working. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll give you the um, free pass on that one if, <laughs> if the customer person that's working there, the employee, waves at you and says, ma'am, I can help you over here, you get a free pass on that one. The fact that her light's on and she has a name on her shirt <laughs> says that she can help me. She's getting paid to do that. So, <laughs> we can agree oh, to disagree on agree. that. Oh, man. Now, I will agree when somebody walk, pulls up through there and they've got oh, nine man. million yes. items. Okay. I had one time, like, literally, I'm pretty sure I counted 46 items. I'm pretty sure. I love that you're counting. <laughs> you're like, one, two, two three. I mean, I'm just sitting back here fuming. And you're like aggressive I mean, about it I too, probably. I am very aggressively in my mind counting. As I'm smiling on my face, my mind is ticking away one item mad, at a time. And then that person turns around and they're like, aren't you the pastor at our church? And you're like, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Jesus loves you. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you one that just... That doesn't bother me like that bothers you. But oh. what does bother me is when people, these aggressive couponers that are like, oh, I'm going to get 37 yes. bottles of starch because I can get it for five yep. cents. Mm-hmm. And do I iron? I don't iron. Mm-mm. I use my dryer, but I'm going to buy these starch because I can get it for so cheap. Mm-hmm. And so they, they have three carts full of weird stuff. And then they pull out a three ring binder. Yes. 
So they can prove that when the total says $1,427 and then you have to wait for 37 minutes for them to give all the coupons and then it comes down to $15 and they look at you like it's success. I'm like, what are you going to do with all that starch? You've got starch, bleach, glue, and some bananas. I don't understand what... Sounds like you could fix a problem if you had diarrhea or something like that. You could kind of solve. It's like you're the MacGyver, but not really. No, that's that's. It's like their coupon books look like my baseball card book when I was a kid. It exactly what it is. It's the little plastic sleeves like going right through them all. That is exactly what it is. So I think they should open a line or have a set time. Do you remember during Mm. COVID when they were like, "We're going to open our store." From this hour yep. to this hour to for elderly people, yes. they should open the grocery store from this hour to this hour for coupon shoppers. Yes. And it should be from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they. here's the truth. Not all coupon shoppers are like this. But I have noticed that some of the aggressive ones do wear their pajamas to aggressive. the store. I've noticed that uh, a lot of people wear their pajamas to the grocery store. And if, we, or if we're on the topic of clothes... Go ahead. I know where you're going. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on this. Uh, We're the same on this. Uh, this is and let me say this for people who've never seen me. I'm not a little girl. I'm a yeah. big girl. Mm. So this is no, this is not body shaming. I know what's about no. to come out of your mouth. I can see it on your face. I know. Go ahead. Do not. Please. <laughs> for the love of all that's holy. For the love of all that's holy. <laughs> walk out of your house in flesh-colored leggings. <laughs> To go to the grocery store because I see the line of people behind you trying to decide if you have any pants on or not. And 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 I see the people with their phones on Snapchat taking pictures and videos of you, oh. sending it to friends, and you don't even know that it's happening. Like, Can you imagine like, getting on people of Walmart to laugh and then oh, see yourself? I mean, it's just one Can of those imagine? to me. Like, I want to know, one, who even thought that whoever invented those. Who thought that that was a good idea? Let's invent leggings that are the same color as my legs so people think I'm walking through the store without any pants on. And, well, here's the thing. Sometimes they work at the store. Oh. You know, Walmart, they have their little blue vests. Mm. I've seen girls of all colors Mm -hmm. in flesh-colored leggings. And it looks like they're wearing a T-shirt and a vest, and that's it. And and their tennis shoes. I'm like, what is happening here? Mm. Totally. You could be the most fit person in the world. Sure. I still don't care. It makes it incredibly awkward. It does. Very awkward. Very. I just don't do it. Like, I mean, listen, if you're sitting at home thinking, man, I'm looking at a pair of flesh colored leggings on Amazon right now, about to click that purchase button. Don't. Stop. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Please. Save yourself. Save yourself and everybody else in the store. That's now going to be totally distracted. Because here's what's going to happen. Some poor man is going to see you and he went to the store because his wife said, I really need you to buy these three things. And he's going to have two of the three, see you in flesh-colored leggings, forget the third thing, and get home. And now he's going to have marital issues. And because he, there was a woman with no there pants. There was a woman with no pants on walking through the store, honey. And I just couldn't figure out what was happening. Uh, so confused. It's your fault. You sent me. I did not want to go. This is your fault. Okay. What about What about this? If you think, if you haven't showered in a week. Don't go. And you think, I'm going to go to the grocery store and then I'll shower. How about do the opposite? Do the opposite. Shower first. Even if your hair's wet, come clean. Uh, Yeah, at least come with clean hair. If you smell like a Long John Silver's that's been closed for four weeks. (laughs) Isn't that what most of them smell like even when they weren't? Yeah, don't. Don't come to the grocery store. Shower. Please. Shower. And people are like, well, that's rude because not everybody. Listen. 
I've been to third world countries where people live in dirt huts with yep. dirt floors and they are clean. Yep. There is no excuse. I mean, we've been to Haiti. We've been to, I mean, yes. we've been to some places. Like, I'm telling you, if they can do it, you can you do it, can my do it. I believe You in can you. be clean. I believe in you. You can, you can be clean. You can. You can be clean. Okay, grocery store etiquette. Grocery store etiquette. Man, I, I don't, uh, this may shift from the consumer to the actual business. Go for it. Can we can we slide over to the business side of the grocery store? Um, listen, if you are working <laughs> for a grocery store and you have an employee of yours that is not doing his job well, and you think it's a great idea to have that conversation in front of everybody at the grocery store and let them know how bad of a job they're doing, um... I, I should take your manager card away from you. Absolutely. Like, like, please take that poor person to the back room somewhere yeah. away from everybody else and have that conversation one-on-one. Yeah. Don't, don't correct them in front of everybody and make them look stupid. Well, like, these are the people that, you know, watched The Office and took it as literal. This is oh, how we're supposed to be. Yes. I'm Michael Scott. I am. I will do this. Dwight Schrute. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what about what about the people at the grocery store that run the grocery store that um, not only demean their employees, what about the ones that are too busy trying to be friends with their employees, Uh-oh. and they're not engaging with you at all? Yep. You're putting them completely out by asking a question because they're Uh-oh. in the middle of talking about their date last night. Yep. I'm, hello? Yeah. Like, like it's, it, for me, it's like, I, I don't even know how to say it. Like, it's, it's. I'm here and you're getting the benefit of having a job because we're buying from you. Like whatever just happened to good customer service, how can I help you? Like, Yeah. Well, like Chick-fil-A set a standard oh, that the rest of the world should follow. Listen, uh, listen, if you guys ever would like to hire, uh, if you own or run a grocery store and you would ever like some input on how you can turn your grocery store into the Chick-fil-A of grocery stores. Um, you can actually send us an email <laughs> at a real address, and Amber and I would be glad to be hired for a consulting service. Absolutely, I'm telling you, if somebody, oh, all you got to do is be good to your customers. Yeah. Novel concept. My pleasure goes a long way. My pleasure. How can I help you? Yes. Would you like fries with that? Would you? Like, <laughs> I mean, or, or better yet, smile. Right. Act like you enjoy getting to do what you do. And if you don't enjoy getting to do what you do, like let's talk to your manager because they need some help because apparently you have some things going on in the work environment right. we need to fix. Right. And we're for hire. We'll be glad to consult with absolutely, you and help make it better. Absolutely, absolutely. Um I'm almost willing to do it for free just if oh, we can make man. the world better. I tell you first one free on us. Here's your <laughs> opportunity right here before we go big, before the fees go up and you can't afford us anymore. Yes. Here's your chance. Okay, going back to what you said about managers you know, reaming out somebody in the middle mm. of the store. Phil and I um, were in a, it's like a sushi hut type place yep. in Houston. And the owner, his wife, and one of their employees got into a screaming <laughs> match. <laughs> and like, we're sitting there waiting on our sushi. Oh, going, no. what in the world? And the sushi chef is behind the counter <laughs> looking at us like, run while you can. But we can't. Here's the thing. We actually thought about getting up and leaving, but they were fighting right in front of the door. We couldn't go anywhere. And so Phil's like, well, do we wait for our sushi? I'm like, 
Mm-hmm. I'm not getting in the middle of that. <laughs> like our only option is go the other way to the bathroom and go through the window or Run, just sit forest. here. And so we ended up getting like our sushi free, which hey, we should have. There you go. No kidding. But yeah, it's the way Crazy. you treat people. So insane. Grocery store etiquette for me. Listen, if you do online grocery shopping in your grocery store, which I think almost everybody does nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the other would be close second. But let's start with the online grocery shopping. If you're pulling an order for an online customer, uh, do not cut off an actual customer in the store <laughs> with your cart. <laughs> it's like that show Supermarket Sweep. Yes. Like, you got five oh. seconds to get this stuff. And they're yes. like, okay, okay. I mean, it's like you have one customer in front of you as you're caring for another one online. I think it's great that you're helping somebody out online. I'm sure it's so sweet. And I know that you have a job to do. Like, I, I love that you're so passionate about your job. I do. Like, kudos to you for being passionate about your job. But do not run my car out of the way as you're trying to get around <laughs> me to get that online order pulled for this customer. Please think about all the customers that you have in the store. Well, I am an online shopper yeah. for a lot of reasons. But let me tell you something. I've been doing this since before COVID. Mm-hmm. Something I can't figure out. Is yeah. the bananas. Oh, man. One time I'll put... <laughs> I'm not joking. I, I know where you're going. I know. I have not... I've, I have problems with this every time. To the point that I will, before my groceries are to be picked up, I'll yeah. just run in and grab bananas. Because I just <laughs> don't trust don't, the system. Yeah, don't do it. So people are like, I don't trust the government. I'm like, well, okay. I don't trust the grocery store when it comes to bananas. That's where I'm at. So one time I ordered one. And mm. they gave me not one bunch, not one pound. One banana. Oh and I'm my like, goodness. what am I supposed to do with this? What are you so doing I'm thinking, okay, banana? next time I ordered like four or five, they gave me enough bananas to make banana bread for the state of Wisconsin. Oh. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with all these bananas? <laughs> Is that why we had banana bread before we got here? Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Because I can't get my banana order right. Um, I will tell you one thing I appreciate about grocery stores is when they have pregnant mom, expecting mom yes, parking. I love or that. Pa- moms with like small children. Yep. I think that's great. I do. But grocery store etiquette for me to go along with parking then while we're there. Yeah. If. Yeah. And, I, and somebody's probably going to email us or comment on this thing and tell us why we're just horrible humans. But if if you're. You're saying it, not me. They I know. Just if you're. <laughs> If if your license does not have a handicap emblem on it, and you don't have one of those hangers to truly be handicapped, don't park in the handicap spot. Well, if you have it, but it's for your dad or your yes. wife or your husband, yes. but you can walk, don't use a space that somebody else needs. No. Leave it there for somebody that is truly handicapped right don't take your mom's car because you are in a hurry that hurry customer again and then pop her little handicap sticker up in the window while you jog all the way through the store to grab the thing you need and jog back out to that handicap don't do it man just stop think about the person can i confess something Uh uh-oh we were in ohio it was christmas time Mm. it's winter there i'm not used to winter and um I had Phil's mom's car, and she had him one of those no, handicap things. Amber. Yeah, no, I did, and I I'm not repenting right now because I have no shame <laughs> in it. We went. I went to their grocery store. It's called Bueller's. Bueller pulled, is that made by Ferris Bueller? Bueller. Maybe I pulled right up into that handicap spot, hung that tag up, and then I felt like I should kind of walk slow. So people thought something was wrong with me. Did you walk with a limp? No, I just walked slow, and <laughs> partly because I was afraid to fall in the ice and snow. Mm. 
I got inside, got back out, and I was like, no shame, no shame at all. I am not ashamed for parking handicap because it's Ohio and I'm freezing. I'm a, uh, and you're from Texas. And let's be honest, nobody from Texas understands winter no. at all. No, not, not at, at all. all. It drops to 31 degrees and the state loses its mind. It drops to 31 degrees. I'm not leaving my house. <laughs> yes, oh, I'm goodness. not. Okay, so... What about any more grocery store etiquette that you can think of? Mm, grocery store etiquette. How about we flip the script? I don't know if we're allowed to do this. We can do whatever we want. Oh, man. What if we could say, oh, man, if we could add one service that would improve the experience for the customers at the grocery store, I what would you add? I think when they put in coffee shops at a lot of grocery stores was brilliant yes because nothing because you know this about me coffee is very calming for me i feel, feel focused it's it's a sensory thing if i can grab a cup of coffee i can get everything yep. done uh-huh. so that's a great thing I so love that. they should offer more coffee shop totally i think and i've been in a couple real like hipster type grocery stores where uh-huh. they have live music oh like, yeah like i just like a, a dude on a guitar singing mm-hmm. i love that how fun is that? Yeah. I, I know you guys like when they cook in the store. Like to me, like that's what I was going to say. I think to me, what if you actually did more demos on how to prep a meal and show somebody what it's like, how to cook this thing? Like we do the food samples. Like I get that. That's cool. But but what if what if there was actually a display on here's how you make this meal? Right. And I'm going to show you how what, to prep how, it. what you need to get. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Like give people some real skills to say, hey, here and here, try it. Like, let's see how good it is. What they could even go as far as to putting it on their website, and you could they could say, here's a, a week of meals based yeah. off of what we have on sale. Yep. You know, not oh. just but look at here's our ad. Mm-hmm. Chicken's on sale for this much. Yeah. This is some ideas of what you can do with it. Mm-hmm. And so you don't only you're not only saving money, you've got your meal prep right there. Yeah. That'd I be brilliant. That. I love it. Best store for uh samples. Oh, best store for samples. Mm, H-E-B. H-E-B's fantastic. Oh, man. Costco is another good one. Oh, well, yeah, that's that's true. They're right up there when with they, me. But when everybody stopped giving samples yeah, during COVID, COVID, you would have thought my husband... It ruined It oh. ruined my husband's life. Yep. Like, he used to love going to Costco with me. He's like, there's no point in even going. I know. And I'm like, well, we still have to buy stuff. No. And he's like, no. We really we go can't for the food. Sam- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he was so sad. And oh. when they brought it back, he's like, we can live again. We can live again. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> Best grocery store to shop at? H-E-B. Hands down. Always. My choice. H-E-B is a Texas grocery store. For those of you who don't know, I invite you to come down and experience yep. the amazingness. H-E-B. Fun fact, you can order H-E-B. There's, okay, so we have uh, my brother-in-law's from Texas, and he lives in Ohio. He's married uh-huh. to my sister-in-law. They order. There's certain things, certain sauces and yeah. stuff that are only made in Texas. Mm-hmm. He orders from H-E-B, and they ship to him in Ohio. Yeah. That's fantastic. I love it. I'm, I'm an H-E-B fan through and through. They yes. do a lot to give back to communities. The experience is always good. Clean, stocked well. I mean, they got things. They have great. Listen, here's another one. If you want to improve the experience, have great shopping carts. If your shopping cart is janky and the wheel is jiggling and keeps locking up and pulling to the right, I'm telling you, man, that's part of the experience that I love Mm -hmm. at HEB. Yes. Target has good shopping carts. Target has great shopping carts. HEB does, but I love it because they have the big carts. And the little carts. Yes. And so whichever you need, too. and they're always so And I nice. like that the little carts have the little place to lay your phone. Yep. That's totally. a big deal to me. Very big. Um, what about what about um the the entire with H E B 
I feel like they're meat. Oh. Like they're – I love that if there's something that they don't have out, yep. I can ask and, and they'll they, cut it. I know. They're so good. Customer service. Absolutely. They still bag groceries for you. I yes. mean, look and at And you that. can still get paper bags if you yes. want. Yes. I love that. Mm. Okay. I'll tell you another thing that I – I know this sounds crazy, but I would love it. A grocery store that the dry cleaners was in the store. Oh. That you could just throw your stuff in the cart, take it there, and then on your way out, drive through and pick it up on your way. Look at that. I think that'd be great. two in one special. Yes. I love that. Yes. Now, I I understand why they don't have it now, but a lot of stores used to have a a daycare. Do you remember that? That's what I was just sitting here thinking. What if a store had a fun zone where you could take your kids for a little bit while you shopped, and then you could go pick your up a kids? The up scary again. part about that is you don't know who's watching yep. your kids. How there's creepers. It. Creepers. So back when like my kids were little, they had that and they loved that. Yep. And now it's just not. I know. But yeah, I, I think that there is a lot to be learned. Oh, also, you don't have to touch everything. No, you do not. I understand, like, I'm real particular about avocados and stuff, yep. but you don't have to touch everything. No. And your Mm-mm. children yeah. don't need to touch anything. Mm-mm. No. And and here, if you want another grocery store idea that would be great, make it fun for the kids. Because let's be honest, who does most of the grocery shopping? Kids. The ladies do. The moms are yeah. taking, the, the moms well, and are the going kids out. are pointing to things. The kids are pointing There's all the things proven, out. There's a proven fact, marketing, they put, yeah. they put their highest price yep. stuff at eye level for kids because yep. their kids are like, I want Grab that, it. I want that. So I think that stores should put things like a Where's Waldo. Yeah. Um, Scavenger hunt as yes. you go through the store. Here's a little piece of paper as you come in. Absolutely. See if you can find all of these. As you make your way through the grocery store. Yeah. Okay. So something I used to do in this, I thought it was genius, whether you think it is or not, I don't know. I would take my list and divide it into two Mm. and I would give like cash on both lists and I would take teenagers from my youth group. I would set at the coffee shop and I would give them the list and the first one back won. Bam. I didn't do any of my grocery shopping. How smart is that? They did it all. That is so smart. They did it all. But I need to go also, back in student ministry just that, to get somebody well, to buy my groceries. Well, now you just order online. I just have to rob a bank to do it now because like, I go to the grocery store with expensive. half a cart and it's like oh $500. Gosh. It's insane. Yes. It's so expensive. And then people, that's the other thing. When stuff goes on sale, be yeah. mindful of other people. Yeah. Totally. Like you don't need 37 briskets. No. I saw somebody the other day, like they must have afraid the world was about to run out of chicken. Because they literally had a shopping cart front to back, stacked to the top, full of, of packages of chicken. Was that me? Uh, we had a thing at the. We had an event the other night. She had curly hair. I yeah, mean, that I was, was me. <laughs> well, we bought we bought eighty six pounds of chicken Woo, for an event the other night. Man. So you should just start raising them. I got some friends that raise chickens. I can hook you up. I have no desire to kill my own chicken to eat it. <laughs> I've tried that. It was an awful experience. Oh, awful. I feel like that should be a great podcast. Show oh, sometime. it was. No, it, it was awful. All right. Any other things you can think of to offer to the world right now for grocery store etiquette? <sighs> Last opportunity for grocery store etiquette. Mm. When I, if, if I don't use self-checkout okay. and I do use an actual uh, roller to put my groceries on, mm-hmm. bag them the way they are put on the roller because they are put on that thing with intentionality because that's how I'm going to go home and unbag them. Or at least if you don't bag them that way, at least don't put like cleaning products with 
the meat. Oh. Or the meat with the fruit. Or like, put the brisket on top of the bag of potato chips. Please teach your baggers how to bag groceries. Yeah. They are like angry sometimes. They're yeah. just slamming stuff into a bag. Mm. Like, do better. I feel like I want to go help grocery stores now. Like, I feel like maybe that's my, my next calling in life. To go along with being a pastor is to be, hey, listen, if you have a grocery store and you're looking for a chaplain to come in and help with some things at your grocery store, like maybe what you need is a chaplain, like maybe somebody's having a bad day and they need to talk with somebody or pray with somebody or just need some coaching You would hate your job. You would get the craziest people in their pajamas, haven't showered in a month, and they're like, Oh, then I'm going to choose H-E-B. Listen, if you're out there, then H-E-B. I'm going to be picky about which grocery store I I open up But they're already killing it. They're doing it well. Oh, man. Grocery store chaplain. Somebody's out there and you're thinking about it. I'm just saying. Like, listen, if Chick-fil-A can figure out how to get people through with 10 orders in 60 seconds or less and paid and say, have a great day and my pleasure along the way, like, we we can. We can do better. Do better. Grocery stores unite. There's a way to do this. <laughs> do you remember the grocery store United? No, uh, yes. Do you remember that? Along with Winn-Dixie. That used did to be they? in Florida They're when not. I was there. And then Piggly Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly, I yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Safeway? Yes. Albertsons? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Aldi's is still Aldi's, one of those. Aldi's is it. still around. It is still um, around. And I Aldi's remember is as actually a kid, making it big here oh, in man, Houston. You've never been to a grocery store and had to live on a shoestring budget unless you were the one given the calculator from your mom because you had exactly $50 to buy groceries with that week. And you had to go through and add everything up to make sure you didn't pass 50 bucks. Like anybody wow. out there ever done that? I did it. Like literally. Yeah. That was my grocery store experience growing up with my mom. Calculator in hand, totaling things up, man. There's still some value to be taught to kids. I agree. Like there's like that experience taught me the value of what stuff's costing that we're about to buy. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Well, I think that this has been a fantastic extra shot, and I feel like the world is a better place if they will just listen to some of our advice. And if you need to hire us for some consulting, again, the first one's free on us, and then everybody else will hook you up. Oh, I've got one more idea. Come on. Oh, yeah. If in the produce area or any area that's bulk that you're going to pack, if you will have a weight and a scan that can put the price on it. So people are going to sit there and munch on things (gasps) through the store. They're not stealing. Oh, or better yet, like just do all of that for any of the produce that has to be weighed in general. So that I don't have to get up to the aisle and then and then find the right code to type in there and right. then put it on there. Well, and wait. but that's kind of fun. You can do that ahead. Is it? Yeah. Is it? You know what else I think is very nice if you're in the grocery store and the person behind you, you take that little thing and to put that divider so they can start putting their stuff. Oh, up on that there. is that's great etiquette. Yeah, totally. It is such great etiquette. I love that. Yes. How how much news have you gotten from standing there in line looking at those tabloids? Well, I saw Harry Styles had a couple of uh, different uh, pieces of up there. I've learned that um, UFOs and, and a lot about <laughs> outer space. And that um, Khloe Kardashian may not be a Kardashian. Oh, yes. That OJ Simpson mm. might be her dad. I read yeah. that. I was like, this is oh, the stupidest man. thing I've ever yes. seen in my life. Mm-hmm. I've gotten all kinds of great news. And then there's been a lot about um, the, the whole Amber Heard and uh, Johnny Depp trial. Yes. You know, that, that's all over everywhere. I mean. I'm not watching the trial, but I'm watching the recaps and I'm here for it. Oh, man. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying uh, all of the Johnny Depp stuff that's just floating it's out there. It's just been so funny oh, to it's me. it's just so crazy. What I really want to know, who who out there actually still buys those magazines and reads them? That's what I, I want to meet. I've never... 
in a long time. It's been a long, never is the wrong word. It's been a long time since I've seen somebody grab one of those magazines and actually buy it. Have you? The tabloids? Yeah. No. Now, like the Better Home and Garden and sure. stuff like that. Yeah. But, but the tabloid stuff? No. Like, I really want to meet somebody well, here's who the still thing. buys them. It was my Who's mom. We them? weren't allowed to look at them when I we were know. kids. You were going to go to hell. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know hell, about that. Hell. Hell. Everybody's going to hell. <laughs> so, yes, but I remember as a kid, like, pretending like I wasn't yes. looking at them. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, when I get older, I'm going to buy them all the time. <laughs> I'm going to sit at my house, eating cereal all day long. I'm going to read these tabloids. About how the government's had a conspiracy and the UFOs abducted me. And then I'm going to go to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. All right. Jason, thank you for joining us Thanks for this for extra shot. You guys have an awesome day. Yes. And subscribe, like, and check us out next time. Mm-hmm.